0: welcome to global outpouring i'm philip buss
1: and i'm sharon buss we're so delighted that you've joined us again today as we look into what it means to be absorbed in god So our last two podcasts, we have been looking into the mysteries of God that are being revealed in the book of Ephesians. The first session had to do with being a predestined to the adoption of children according to the good pleasure of God's will. It's his good pleasure to adopt us into his family and be our father. And, and all of that is to the praise of the glory of his grace. And then in the last session, we were talking about having the eyes of our understanding really genuinely enlightened, Hmm. in a genuineness that's eternal. Okay, so we're we're going to look today into chapter 2, into what it really means to be absorbed in God.
0: This is chapter 2 of Ephesians verse 1. And you He made alive when you were dead or slain by your trespasses and sins. In which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we, as well as you, once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then, by nature, children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation, like the rest of mankind.
1: Wow. So, you know, the first three verses paint a pretty pretty hopeless picture for anybody who is not a believer in the Lord. Yeah. You know, we're even even babies, you know, when when a baby is first born. They're absolutely innocent, but they are under that uh nature of of humanity, the fallen humanity that is all about me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about me. I'm hungry. My diaper needs to be changed. I'm sleepy. It's me, me, me. Mommy, mommy, me, me, me.
0: And if you notice that children are born with the instinct of self-preservation.
1: Oh, yes. And and you don't have to teach them to be jealous of each other. You don't have to teach them to hit one another.
0: Where does that come from?
1: It comes from fallen nature, even though they don't have any conscience yet yeah. even they, they they don't they're not they're not clued into um right and wrong yet but it's already in the nature to be broken to be fallen to be selfish you know when when adam and eve first took that temptation and you know began to doubt god and You know, up to that point, they were walking with him and they were totally absorbed with him. But when they fell, all of a sudden they become (gasps) self-conscious. We're naked. (gasps) We better do something about it. (gasps) Where's the biggest leaves we can find? Fig leaves. Yeah, right over there. Grab those. They're big. That'll cover us. Uh, You know, it's all of a sudden you become self-conscious and all of this teaching that we have all around us in our culture about self, 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 Self. self self-awareness and self-image and self, self, self. You know, these things we have to we have to see ourselves through the lens of our father who sees us as redeemed, perfected, matured dressed in the robe of righteousness of our savior.
0: Yes, amen.
1: And until we get that robe of righteousness, we're in this <laughs> pit right here where you know, the lusts of our flesh and the desires and the pleasures of life and and it, it makes us children of uh, children of wrath.
0: And what we need to learn is self-discipline.
1: Yes. But the, the self discipline, yeah, the self discipline that really works is the self discipline, the, the self control that comes by the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, you know, in the book of Romans, chapter three, and this is the Amplified, verse twenty three, since all have sinned and are fallen short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives, all are justified and made upright and in right standing with God, freely and gratuitously by His grace is unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus.
1: Yes. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And and why were we dead in trespasses and sins? It's because the wages of sin is death. God promised Adam and Eve. It was a promise. You eat that fruit, it's poison to you, and you will die from it. Yeah. It's going to cause you to die. Well, they didn't even know what die was. But they soon found out that it meant separation from, our, from their yeah. father. Separation, it, 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 it caused them to lose that relationship. But the gift of God, the gift of God, the free gift that came through Jesus Christ, restores us.
0: Yeah. And in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages which sin pays is death. But the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. So for in union.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, That's what makes it. Yes. The restora- it's the restoration of the relationship. It's the reconciling with our Father. That's what the whole new covenant is about. The new covenant, as expressed in, in Jeremiah chapter 31, and, uh, and it starts with verse 31, and it's repeated in Hebrews chapter 8, talking about the better covenant. It's the better covenant than the covenant of the law that was given. It says it's, there. there's four things that God promises. He says, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts instead of on stone, Mm -hmm. on stone and on parchment. That's what they had, and it was outside of themselves. So it's a better covenant because it's now inside. And he says, I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Well, that was the same promise that they had in the first covenant. God said, I'll be your God, you be my people.
0: Yes, amen.
1: But then it goes on to say They shall not have to teach one another, saying, no, God, because they're all going to know me. Just like Adam and Eve knew their father, walking in the garden with him. We will have that restored to us because Jesus came to make it right. And then the, the, the fourth thing is, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. He blots them out of his book. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. You know, in in the book of Numbers, when the Lord was giving instruction on taking the land, you know, they're supposed to cross the Jordan, and then they sent lots for all the different tribes. Each one will have a certain area, and it was God's command that they take the land. But in, in verse 23 of chapter 32, it says, But if ye will not do so, behold, Ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. And you know, I grew up hearing that scripture: "Be sure your sin will find you out." You yeah, know, your I parents would say too. that. You yeah, know, but not really <laughs> you knowing. You won't get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, but not really knowing the context. I was a little young for understanding of what was going on here. But you know, a real, a real good example of this is, um, is uh, like Gehazi. You know, this was the servant of Elisha. And when Naaman the Syrian, he was the captain of the host for the the armies of Syria. And uh, so the king sent him with a large gift to to the king of Israel that he would be healed of his leprosy. And and it was over 6,000 pieces of gold, 10 talents of silver, and, and 10 chains of raiment. And, you know, that's that's quite a—how many camels will it take to take the silver and the gold? That's a wow. lot of stuff. And so the king rents his clothes. As he's trying to pick a fight with me because I can't do this. He says, oh, my God, I can't do that. Someone said, send him to Elisha. So he went to Elisha, and, and Elisha didn't even go out. You know, he just said, go, go dunk in the Jordan seven times. You know, and of course, he was wroth because of the, the rivers are cleaner in Damascus, but— but he did it out of obedience, and he came up, his skin was just perfectly clean, and he came back and thanked him, and still, you know, Elisha would not take this gift. But uh, his servant Gehazi, he saw an opportunity here, and he should have known better, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, Elisha's a seer. And he says, oh, the king changed his mind, there's two prophets that have come in, and I need two cha- you know, two changes of garment and a talent of gold. Well, he gave him two talents of gold and all that. And so he goes on and Gehazi comes back. And uh, Elisha says to him when he walks in the yeah, door. Yeah, Elisha
1: says, uh, where have you been, Gehazi? Oh, I haven't been anywhere. And Elisha says, didn't my spirit go out with you when you went and and took that? And and he said, the, the leprosy of Naaman is going to be on you and all your generations after you. Be sure your sin will find you out.
0: Yes, and we think we can get away with stuff because nobody's looking.
1: Yeah, really. But the
0: King of Glory sees everything. The Holy, Sp- no, you have the Holy Spirit in you. So what happens if you're doing something wrong? Don't you think he's telling on you, maybe? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, mm. even, even before you get saved, uh-huh. you have a conscience that God put inside of you. Yeah. And that conscience, the book of Proverbs refers to it as the candle of the Lord that's searching mm. out your inward parts. Uh-huh. And that little light is there to say, uh-uh, don't do that. Yeah. And if we'll listen to our conscience, it'll keep us out of trouble, even before we get saved. Yeah. because that's, that's where the Holy Spirit will operate, is in our spirit. Yeah. Our conscience is a part of our spirit. But if we ignore it, mm-hmm. the more we ignore it, the more we say, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. I want to do it anyway. I'm going to do that. And the more times we ignore our conscience, the more seared, seared it, becomes, yes. it becomes it becomes it becomes callous.
0: Callous, yeah.
1: You know, kind of like, you know, we're guitar players, so we have calluses on our fingers. And and if we don't play the guitar for weeks at a time, the calluses go away. And but then we start playing and the calluses come back. So yeah. calluses come because of use. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you are abusing your conscience, uh-huh. it becomes callous. And it won't tell you the truth anymore, and that's part of how how people's minds get yeah. twisted.
0: Especially if you're in a leadership position, you mm-hmm. have to be extra extra cautious. And and I remember uh, Bobby Connor telling a story that he was preaching in a church somewhere, and uh, you know the elders were all sitting on the front row, and the Holy Spirit quickened him, and he went down in front and whispered in the ear of one of the elders, and nobody else could hear what he said because his hand was you know, away from the mic, and he was protecting it, so nobody would hear it. And he just said, quit looking at pornography. And the elder became irate and just said, I don't look at pornography. I mean, this is live captive audience, everything, you know. And the Holy Spirit instantly came out of Bobby's mouth and said, Told him to the pastor says, "Go look in the trunk of his car underneath the spare tire. You'll find a magazine and a, and a DVD." And the pastor right there asked, "Give me his keys, you know?" And they went and looked, and sure enough, there was a magazine under the spare tire and a pornographic DVD. But all the elder would have had to do was not say anything. Yeah. But he defended himself, and he was wrong because it was an outright lie. But the Holy Ghost doesn't lie so be sure your sin will find you out no matter how small no matter how great it's like that song uh steve green made it popular some years back in the beginning the little kids are singing be careful little lies what you see you know yeah, yeah. the father up above is looking down in love and loving, but the holy ghost is there watching too and you can't trick him
1: yeah it's true and because of sin we are bound to the wrath of God. The, the only way that we can get out from that, and I want to make this clear, the wrath of God is pointed towards sin. Mm-hmm. And if we're bathed in sin and sin is operating in us, it's the sin that God is angry at. Yeah. It's the sin that draws his wrath out. It's the sin that, that he's angry with because he hates the devil. And he, he's, he's determined to show his love toward us. And he poured out his love toward us by making it possible for us to be set free from that sin. Mm-hmm. And if we don't choose the right thing, when, when we're offered truth— Truth is Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And when we keep turning our back on him, all that God can see in us is the sin. He wants to see us delivered. He paid for us to be delivered. But if we don't choose to receive his gift that he gave us— then then his wrath is going to be poured out on the sin. He doesn't want to pour out his wrath on us. He wants to rescue us. He paid for our rescue. We can see that in verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, he is absolutely abundant in his compassion towards us. For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. It's by grace that we're saved. It's a gift of God. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's made absolute provision to bring us up to live with him in heaven. Even now, our spirit can be Shall I say, by locating, we we are there. It says that we we are seated yeah. with Him. It's a location because He's in us and we're in Him, and He's located in heaven. So <laughs> our location of our spiritual dwelling is actually heavenly. So this whole thing in in the Book of Ephesians is about getting our hearts and our understanding enlightened so that we realize that we don't belong in this earthly realm. We don't belong in this worldly thinking. We are in the world, but we're not of the the world. world. We are set free to walk in heavenly ways because we're in Christ Jesus who is in heaven. And and what's the purpose of that? Let's go on in verse 7. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches or the wealth or the abundance of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. He is exceedingly kind. He loves us. We don't begin to get it how much he loves us. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: uh, we need to just stop every day, many times a day, and just Meditate on how much he loves us. Uh, I, I mentioned in the last podcast about how Dean Braxton tells in his book In Heaven that the very air that's around us is the love of God. That every time we breathe in, he's saying to us, I love you. That's how much he loves us. And even back in the Old Testament, when he revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai, The first thing that he said about himself after he roared his name twice, he said that he is rachamim, which is tender mercies. It's like the mercies of a mother's womb. That's how much he loves us. He loves us with a mother love and a father love. So if you're missing either mother love or father love or both, our heavenly father, our heavenly parent is (laughs) everything to us. And he wants that relationship to be restored. And he he provided for it through his son, Jesus Christ. For by grace, you are saved through faith. It, it's, it's your believing. Yeah. It's your believing in him. It's your tr- anchoring your trust in him. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, God. not of works. Lest any man should boast. It's not our works. Mm-hmm. Every other religion in the world yeah. depends on works in order to get to whatever goal it is that they're trying to get to, whether it's yeah. paradise, whether it's nirvana, whether it's whatever they want. reincarnation yeah,
0: we'll come back as. They go down the streets of India, and here's all these cows just right in the middle of the street, and you can't touch them. Yeah, because that's could be somebody's relative,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, but that's because they didn't do enough good works. In, in their human life.
0: lifetimes. So they come back.
1: They come back as something else.
0: Yeah, that's Hinduism.
1: Yeah, but that's no. that's not reality. No, Reality is this, yeah. that the gift of God made it possible for us to receive reconciliation yes. with our Father and be restored to the same relationship that Adam and Eve had before they the ate the fruit
0: of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, and in Christianity, it's the only religion where God lives inside of you. That's right. Yeah. None of the others.
1: Yes. And it goes on to say, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we do good works, but we do good works because of relationship.
0: Yeah. Because we love.
1: Yeah. Because we love him and we, oh, absolutely. I'll do that for you. Yeah. I love you, you love you. you have overwhelmed me with your love. I'll do anything for you. Mm-hmm. We do good works. Our works don't get us into reconciliation. Our works come because of reconciliation, yes. And he ordained us before that we should walk in them, that it's our habit to walk with him like Adam and Eve did in the garden, mm. absorbed in God. yeah Now the, the Ephesians were Gentiles. They didn't have any background in Jewish understanding, in in Hebrew understanding. They didn't have the Old Testament, the Bible at that time. All the scriptures that they had up to that time were what we now call the Old Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written yet. So these were the scriptures that were being quoted by Paul and by Jesus, too. So these people were Gentiles. They didn't have any understanding of who our Creator is. They had this whole plethora of other gods that they had stories about, and that's another whole bunny trail. Yeah. But they didn't have a covenant.
0: Yeah.
1: The Hebrew people, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had a covenant with God. Mm Mm-hmm. And that covenant was like the first fruits. It was like the first initial ripe fruit. And the rest of the nations are meant to be the rest of the harvest. And they were alienated. If you don't know God, you're alienated from him. You, you don't have a covenant. But Jesus Christ, even though the Gentiles were far off, and, you know, we're, we're Gentiles,
0: yeah. We're just we're grafted in.
1: We're grafted into the by the, grace. <laughs> yes. That's that's another whole podcast too. <laughs> but Israel, I'd want to say this clearly. Israel, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, are God's chosen people. And we, the church, do not replace them. Yeah. We have been grafted in, we're about to look at that, that Jesus Christ made us close to him, even though we were far off. Verse 13 says that we were far off, but we're made close by the blood of Christ, because he's our peace. He is our shalom. And he is made of both groups, one.
0: Jew and Gentile.
1: That's right. And he's broken down that middle wall of partition between us, because he Abolished, or he rendered inactive in his own body, in his own flesh, that hostility, that reason for opposition or hatred that is in the law, where the law spells out that the wages of sin is death. The law spells that out, and and if you don't have that law, you 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 have nothing to work with for how to get close to God. No. Yeah but jesus in his own body when he what he did was he paid the penalty of all sin for everybody he,
0: hallelujah yeah hallelujah
1: <laughs> what what was what was done in the temple and in the tabernacle that was spelled out that there needed to be sacrifices for sin Jesus paid the whole thing for everybody so that we could have this new covenant and be brought in to be made one with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Absorbed in God. Yeah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: And he reconciled both Jew and Gentile into one body so that we could be, we could all have access by one Holy Spirit unto the Father, that we could have that that restoration of the walk with god like adam and eve had and and so that makes us as gentiles we're no more foreigners as it were yeah. we have citizenship with the saints that are that are in the bible we have citizenship with abraham isaac and jacob we have citizenship with king david with With Daniel, with all of these godly people that we read about in the Old Testament, we have become citizens with them because Jesus paid the price. And now we're built together on this foundation of apostles and prophets, and Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone of this building. He is the one that laid the foundation and he is the topmost stone. He's the begin he's the the beginning and he's the end. And we are builded together for a dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He
1: made us one.
0: Through his blood. You know, it's like if you go to another nation, you have to have a passport. Mm-hmm. you can't leave the country or you sure can't enter even today you can't get on an airplane to another country unless you have your passport and in getting to heaven the blood of jesus is our passport i mean we can't get in without that the price that he paid for us that we would be free that we would be complete in him that everything that that he has he wants to give us we just have to receive it And walk in His love.
1: So it's because of this great gift that our Father gave to us, through Jesus Christ, through His blood, that we can be absorbed into Him and that we can be absorbed into His body. We've been made one body, and Jesus Christ Himself is the head. We have been built into this building that is a body. So that we are operating here in the earth while the head is in heaven. And we have been absorbed into his body because of his great love for us, because of his great sacrifice for us, because he paid the price. So that we can be equipped by the presence of God in us. And by us being in the presence of God, that we can be equipped to walk in this life with Him so that we can walk with Him for now and for eternity. And with that eternal viewpoint, we can bring others as He pours out His Spirit on all flesh. And then in this great outpouring, we can be laborers in the harvest fields, engaging in the global outpouring.
0: Yes, amen.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Bus.
0: And I'm Philip Bus.
1: God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.